this is Alan Cook with another podcast episode about member missionary work for those people that are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and anybody else out there who has a strong conviction about something, especially something religious, and are looking for ways to share it with other people. One of the great things about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is that it is directed by the Lord through his representatives on the earth, including a quorum of 12 apostles like Jesus had when he was here originally. One of those outstanding, brilliant, inspired men is Elder Dallin H. Oaks, now in the First Presidency of the LDS Church. Um, He gave a talk back in General Conference in October of 2001 called Sharing the Gospel. And I was a bishop in the Washington, D.C. stake in the Kentlands Ward at the time that he gave this talk. I have always been, um, had a little bit of a bias about showing the Lord that you care about what he's doing by helping other people get the message or receive the message about the, the good news of the gospel. And this talk that Elder Oaks gave back in 2001, almost 20 years ago, is one of the hallmark talks, in my opinion, about helping people be more effective as member missionaries. He says in this talk, and this podcast is just going to highlight some of the, some of the main things from his talk because it is, it is a foundation on which you can build your member missionary activity. He said there are three things that are involved in being a successful member missionary, and one of those is desire. He says, first, we must have a firm testimony of the truth and the importance of the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. Second, and this is under just the category of desire. Second, we must have a love for God and for all of his children. That is a very critical step. He will talk about in this talk that people should be motivated out of love for other people, not to score member missionary brownie points or something. That's my uh, my words, not his. Um, he talks about loving other people and that being the motivation for what we do. He mentions the sons of Mosiah, who had been the very vilest of sinners, And that they were then desirous, they did a big U-turn, and they were then desirous that salvation should be declared to every creature because they could not bear that any human soul should perish. He says, and this is one of the main points I'd like to make, and this is, again, directly from his talk. It says, quote, I like to refer to missionary efforts as sharing the gospel. The word sharing affirms that we have something extraordinarily valuable and desire to give it to others for their benefit and blessing, close quote. He doesn't use the word preaching the gospel. He uses the word sharing the gospel. And then he followed that up with a great sentence that says, the most effective missionaries, member and full-time, always act out of love. His, um, his final thought on this first uh, section says, quote, I hope no person we approach with an invitation to hear the message of the restored gospel feels that we are acting out of any reason other than a genuine love for them and an unselfish desire to share something we know to be precious, closed quote. 
his second part of this, and this gets more into the practical nature of how you do this, is called divine assistance slash right timing. He says right off the bat in this second section, we also need divine assistance to guide us in sharing the gospel. Just as our desires must be pure and rooted in testimony and love, our actions must be directed by the Lord. It is his work, not ours, and it must be done in his way and on his timing, not ours. Otherwise, our efforts may be faded to frustration and failure. If I were to sum up what I've written in what is now my third member missionary book that's being proofed right now, I would put that paragraph out there on paper and leave it at that. That you need divine assistance, it's the Lord's timing, it's his work, and it needs to be done in his way. Receiving inspiration is how to do that so you can be a tool in his hand. He says, to be effective, our efforts with them, these are others that we want to share the gospel with, must be directed by the Lord so that we act in the way and at the time when others will be most receptive. That's critical. He says, we must be alert to hear and heed the promptings of his spirit in how we proceed. I I champion this message all the time. It has been my experience, and that's, I guess, why I do it. Um, that you're an instrument in the Lord's hands. That by its very nature implies that you are not in charge. These sheep that are here upon the earth are his, not ours. He knows them by name, we don't. He knows what's been going on in their life for the last 30 years, we don't. We just pass them at an intersection or on a subway or at a ball game, or at a PTA meeting, or at a you know child's um, concert at school, or whatever it might be. But we don't know what's going on in their lives, really, but he does. So you have to be sensitive to hear and heed the promptings of his spirit in how to proceed. I always summarize that by saying, one of the most important things in member missionary work is to be a very good observer. Just be an observer. Keep your eyes and ears open. Look for what people are interested in. Look at what they're doing. Look for people who are having some some stress or problems going on in their life. And then ask yourself, is there anything I can do to help out? And you'll probably get some ideas. His third section says how to do it. He says, if we have a sincere desire and if we have sought some divine assistance, then what do you do? He has a classic line where he says, we begin by beginning. We should not wait for a a further invitation from heaven. Revelation comes most often when we are on the move. Now, a quick story about Nephi and the brass plates. I love that story. It's one of my favorites in the Book of Mormon. These brothers, with Laban getting the first shot to go in and get these plates, try twice to get these plates and are basically run out of town with an order, as I understand it, to kill these guys if you catch them. And to go back a third time is a monumental task. And I often think of Nephi being beaten by his brothers outside the city walls with a rod, and the angel shows up and says, the Lord will deliver Laban into your hands. 
Now, if I was Nephi, to show you the difference between me and Nephi, if I was Nephi in that setting, I would have interrupted the angel. I would say, excuse me, you meant to say the plates. You, you, what you meant to say was the Lord's going to deliver the plates into our hands. You said Laban. You meant the plates, right? The angel said, no. The Lord is going to deliver Laban into your hands. Well, I'm not here to get Laban with all due respect. I'm here to get the plates. I don't want Laban. I don't want to see Laban. I don't want to touch Laban. I, don't want, I particularly don't want him to see me or I'm dead. I don't want anything to do with Laban. I want, I'm here to get the plates. That's what we were commanded to do is get the plates. So Nephi can stand outside the city walls and wait for more revelation, or he can move forward, put one foot in front of the other. And as he says in the scripture so beautifully, nevertheless, I went forth. He went forth by himself inside the city with a promise that Laban's going to be delivered in his hands, but he, his mind must have been just running 180 miles an hour trying to figure out how this is all going to work. So you don't get all the answers up front, but it's important that you keep moving forward. And to finish this quick story of Laban and the brass plates, Nephi knows because of what he's been inside Laban's house before, he knows that the, the plates are in the treasury. He knows that the servant has the keys and he needs the keys to get into the treasury. And he knows that in order to get into the treasury, he either needs the keys or he needs the servant to open the door. And that servant will only open that door on Laban's command. And in order to have Laban command it, someone other than Laban, who sounds like Laban and looks like Laban, has to do it. And in order for that to happen, you need Laban's clothes. And in order to get his clothes, he has to be dead. Because if he's just drunk and you try to undress him so you can get your disguise on, he's going to wake up, scream bloody murder, and you're toast. You need his clothes to get into the treasury, to convince Zoram to open it up so you can get the plates and then get out of town without having anybody bug you. All of that, I think, came into his mind as he kept walking forward. He didn't have all the answers in advance. That's the way member missionary work works too. You simply have love for people, you let the Lord guide you, and you follow the inspiration and the guidance that he gives. One last mention here under part three of how to do it. Elder Oaks says, quote, the need to act out of love also warns us against manipulation, real or perceived. People who do not share our belief can be repelled when they hear us refer to something as a, quote, missionary tool, unquote. A, quote, tool, unquote, is something used to manipulate an inanimate object. If we talk about something as a missionary tool, we can convey the impression that we want to manipulate someone. That impression is entirely contrary to the unselfish sharing spirit of our missionary service. He closes by quoting President Hinckley, where President Hinckley said, quote, opportunities for sharing the gospel are everywhere. That has been my experience as well. He, may, he makes mention, and this is one last thing I highlighted as I went through this talk in preparing for this podcast. He says, until we do so, let me, let me just read the conclusion, one paragraph. 
we have been asked, now this was in 2001, we have been asked to redouble our efforts and our effectiveness in sharing the gospel to accomplish the Lord's purposes in this great work. Until we do so, these wonderful full-time missionaries, our sons and daughters, and our noble associates in the Lord's work will remain underused in their great assignment to teach the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. I was a full-time missionary in 1978, and I had plenty of extra time to teach more people. My kids were missionaries 15 years ago, approximately. They had time, maybe 10 years ago, they had time, more time, in Panama and in Anaheim, California, to teach more people. These wonderful full-time missionaries that are assigned to the Washington, D.C. Temple Visitor Center that I get to hang out with every once in a while, and the missionaries in our ward, they have more time to teach more people. We don't necessarily need more missionaries. We need more people interested in hearing our message. And members of the church who are observant and remember these three keys that President Oaks talked about back in 2001 will be able to help in this effort as the Lord guides them in their activities. That is my experience, and that is my feeling and my witness, and I leave that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you.